just say what you want to say because we've been walking around the I house. I just don't think he's attractive. Yeah, Sarah's at all. like at random moments we'll be making dinner and Sarah will be like, I just don't see it. And I'm like, see what? She's like the Ariana Grande guy. I'm like, what? where did this come from? I just don't. I don't know. Deep-seated uh, d- disagreements oh, from yeah. Sarah on Ariana Grande's I mean, most good for her. Choice. If that's her true love, good for her. I wish her all the best. But, you know, I just Physically, don't though, Sarah's it. not in. No, no, no. And no. You no. don't want a hall pass for that guy? No, oh, that's uh, okay. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> Welcome to the Romcom Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you made it to us, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch romcoms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide does it still hold up? Today we have When When in Rome. Rome. And wherever you're listening to us, please throw us a follow. If you could do one thing right this second, look down at your phone or wherever you're listening to us and just leave a review wherever you're listening. It helps more people find us. And if you also want to help out, there's one place that, you know, a lot of conversations uh, on this pod live on for eternity that's on our instagram account at romcom rewind we post a lot of stuff there we keep you updated on what's coming next what's happening at romcom rewind on instagram this week we have a message from jennifer she says hello again from nova scotia making my way through the rest of the episodes i've missed i'm currently on mat leave and listening to you guys while going out for walks with my little one and puttering around the house congratulations yay so happy that you reviewed the family stone i watch it every christmas along with the holiday inn I also... That's two interesting choices. (laughs) Like, I I feel like Family Stone makes sense, and then the Holiday Inn, interesting. It's a little quirk. (laughs) I also thought of a few suggestions for future episodes. Down with Love, Kate and Leopold, and Center Stage. Soundtrack for Center Stage is fire, she says. Also, you guys should totally have merch. I'd love a Rom-Com Rewind coffee mug. Okay, you know what? I'd love to do that. As I was just teasing our Instagram account, I think we need to put that question out on Instagram because we have talked about it a few times. Here's the thing. Like... Sarah knows this. You listening to the pod, you probably know this about your friend Devin. I'm much more minimalist in that I hate to have too many things. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten things from people and I've been like, ugh. (laughs) Like, you know what? You know what I freaking hate? (laughs) Tell us, Devin. I hate when I get a bad pen. If Uh I'm at an event and you hand me a pen and it sucks, I despise your business. Yes. How dare you? purchase lackluster pens and conversely if i get a good pen i remember that business i'm like hey they hand out good freaking pens so i'm very nervous about what kind of merch we get because it <laughs> needs to be well it needs to pass the devon test of what say, i throw this out myself i was gonna say if their pens will make sure they're good devon um but i don't know if if people want pens or not so we'll do like oh, definitely not pens we'll, but i'm just saying as an example yeah we'll do some posts we'll ask you what you are interested in and yeah what you'd like to see. Exactly. Jennifer goes on to say, thank you for keeping this new mom sane. Can't wait to see what episodes you guys do next. And we love to hear things about, you know, we're new family people. We, we're new parents is what I meant to say. So <laughs> if you have family stuff, comments, whatever, tell us all about it. Uh, when in Rome is a 2010 romantic comedy directed by Mark Stephen Johnson. This is the story of Beth a workaholic art curator who is a little bit disillusioned by love. She is played by Kristen Bell. And when Beth's uh, little sister, Joan, played by Alexis Zena, hope I'm pronouncing that right. When she gets engaged after two weeks, Beth ends up flying off to Italy for that wedding. 
This is where she meets Nick Beeman, the best man of the groom, obviously, played by Josh Duhamel. My man Josh Duhamel is back. So we get those bad French accents Yay. from Devin Pod. You're welcome. <laughs> I know you've been missing them. I have been. Um, <laughs> Josh Duhamel is one of our uh, love interests. And okay, so the premise of our story here today is brought on by Beth drunkenly waiting uh, her way into the Fountain of Love in Rome, which I think is a take on the Trevi Fountain. They never say yes. Trevi Fountain, but like that's what we're talking about here. Um and in an act of defiance against love, she starts yanking coins out of the fountain. People who were looking for love and tossing coins into the fountain. She's like, no, I'm taking this one. Unknowingly bringing upon herself a spell. The owners of those five coins, actually, um, four coins and a chip, have now fallen in love with Beth. Which is a good time to tell you about our supporting cast. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> Will Arnett is in this as like a tortured artist. Uh, John Heater is a uh, magician illusionist. Dax Shepard is our self-absorbed male model. And Danny DeVito plays the owner of a sausage company. That's sausage kinda, king. He's the sausage king. Which Danny DeVito is a perfect guy to play <laughs> that is. character. Uh, that's your lead-in for When in Rome. What are your thoughts? That's uh, my bad. When it comes to love, I've never had too much luck. But this is what the Romans call the Fontana de Amore. If you throw in a coin, you find love. So maybe if I take a few, like you, and you, and you, some of the magic will rub off on me. What were you doing in the Fontana de Amore? Picking up coins. Seth, we got a problem. If you take someone's coin from the fountain, they will fall in love with you. That is ridiculous. Have any men come on to you since the wedding? Beth. Beth. You're intimidated because I'm a model. This movie is like a chaotic, funny rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like so much going on in it. Um, but they did a good job at portraying these like silly characters. Yeah. Um, especially like the side, like the, the side cast. I loved, um, you know, Will Arnett and John Heater, like their characters were just, um, outrageous and they did, they did a really funny job. It was, it was good. It was fun. I think Josh Duhamel and Kristen Bell's, uh, chemistry was actually really good. Like I, I thought they had some chemistry. Oh, I agree. I believed it. I loved how it wasn't like an enemies to lovers situation. Correct. Where they, (laughs) you know, they hated each other because it's typical in like rom-coms where you see like when they're, um, best man and maid of honor, they hate each other. There's like a weird feud. I'm happy they didn't do that. And right off the bat, they, they liked each other and there was a spark there. I, I did like that. I mean, there was a little bit in the very beginning where she thought he was dating somebody, but she's very put off by love and doesn't really believe in it. Um, in the beginning of the movie. So um, it, it was a, it was a fun watch. It was a chaotic fun watch. <laughs> it is. I agree with all of that. It's, it's fun. It's light. It's easy. Yes. Yeah. And it's hard to follow at times. It it's, is. It, it's kind of <laughs> like, um, if you took like a Netflix series that was about 10 episodes long and somebody randomly was like, screw it. We can tell this story in 91 <laughs> minutes, guys. Let's do it. And that's what they freaking did. Yeah. It's like, there were times where I would look down at my phone. I would look back up. And I would be like, wait, what happened? Why is she upset with him? What happened to the coins? Like, I just, wait, wait. so many things were happening. I think they tried to do everything in this film. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say that they failed because I don't think it's that deep, guys. I think it's one it of those films that, deep. that are just an easy watch. This is not a Christopher Nolan epic no. where the dialogue matters. 
it's just fun and silly and kind of dumb, but it's 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 satisfying in that way. Yeah, it's know? like it's like a lesser version and like more rom com version of Scott Pilgrim against the world, right? Like Scott Pilgrim. Scott, How Scott Pilgrim. Dare just, you, just just hear Sarah? me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Sorry, versus the world. Versus the world. Um, I haven't seen the movie in a while. <laughs> but they were able to pack so much into it, but it was a cohesive storyline. And we went through all of his exes in a way that gave them an essence and, oh. and a backstory much better than in this movie. Yes. In, in Scott Pilgrim versus the world, there was a chronology versus. to it. Yeah. There, that's X number one. Mm-hmm. Next is X number two. And even though right. they're throwing a lot of things at you, your mind can still digest it. With like a one, two, Christopher <laughs> Evans, Chris Evans is number yeah. three. That person's number four. Right. Got it. You know, this one, everything <laughs> came at you at once and you were like, okay, wait, hold on. So they're all after her. And like four is sorry. Well, there's five, but, Nick is one of them. So yeah. um, the f- having four other suitors was a lot, I found. They could have maybe done with like three, I think. They sh- they could have dropped one, I think. But anyway, th- those are just my thoughts. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things at the same time that like I still enjoyed watching this. Mostly yeah. because it's like, once again, it's not that deep. You're like, I was, <laughs> I missed a few things. And then it's, it's kind of like, you know, when a. You don't miss it. <laughs> what, what, you know, when a like, classic dad move, when you're watching a movie and a dad walks in and he just kind of like stands in the doorway oh for like God. 10 minutes. Yes, my dad used to do that all the time. And then he starts asking a few questions. In this movie, you can answer those questions in like three seconds flat. The coin. <laughs> are cursed he loves her it's a coin it's a fountain like oh okay that's it yeah now she's mad at so and so okay all right like it's it's super easy to explain away which is why i don't think it actually is that there wasn't even really a climax of the movie it just like it kind of rolled it was like rolling hills this movie yeah yeah it was it was i agree i agree (laughs) let's dive into uh when in rome so the movie opens with beth who is wait wait. it doesn't open with beth sarah it opens with Kicking With You by who? Oh, the song. By Jason Mraz, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God, remember him? When's the last time you thought about Jason Mraz? This this soundtrack, by the way, is the all-time list of when was the last time you thought about blank? Wow. Um, a really long time ago. And I think we can do a quick where are they now game because we have Jason <laughs> Mraz, who is still releasing music, by the way. Guess what his really? last album is? What? Okay, 2023, he released Mystical, Magical, Rhythmical, Radical Ride. No. Jason Mraz. I don't even know how to say that. That's what he's doing, baby. Yeah. Um, Too long for the radio. Yeah, hasn't gotten a whole lot of notoriety. Also in this movie, we have a 303 featuring Katy Perry song. Remember 303? Oh, yes, I do remember that. And I I did, I I watch movies with subtitles, so I did see that song come up. 303, also (laughs) still in the game. They released an album back in 2021. They're still doing stuff. That's wow. their sixth album. Yeah. I had no idea. We also that's, have... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's wild. Like, you think of the height of their careers, and oh. then it's... Like, and this was around when it was, right? Like, 2010. And you just... It's been 20... No, sorry. It's been 13 years. <laughs> 13, exactly. Yeah. They had... They, oh they broke God. onto the scene in 07. Wow. So, like, 2010. We're in the heat of 303. <laughs> I actually really liked 303. Uh, we also had a Matchbox 20 song in oh, this in this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Which, the soundtrack was pretty good. The, the soundtrack was great. Oh, do you remember the Academy Is? 
No. Okay, they were a little bit more like on the. Uh, they they did break up for a while, and now they're back together again, guys. No. As of twenty fifteen, so as of twenty fifteen, so they've been together since five years later. Uh, so around the time this movie dropped, actually, they broke up. Oh. Yeah, 2012, 2011, 2012. They didn't make enough off the movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like a sneaky good soundtrack in this one. Anyway. You know what? I will admit this soundtrack didn't do anything for me. What? Yeah. How freaking I know. 303? I, like I said, all of these bands that you're saying, other than a few, Jason like Morales? I like, but I don't, it's not memorable for me. There's even an movie. Adele song. Like I think, well, I'll get to the end credits at the end of obviously, and I'll, I'll talk about the song they chose. When's that? At the end. Okay. Got it. <laughs> uh, sorry. I cut you off though. You were actually getting into the plot. Yes, I was yes. okay. raving about so, music. The movie opens. With Jason Mraz. Yeah. With Jason Mraz, <laughs> as well as we meet Beth, who is a curator at an event that she has put together. She's a young curator at, at the Guggenheim Museum. And her boss doesn't really believe in her. And so this is kind of one of two events that she does throughout this movie where she wants to show her stuff. We find out that she's very single and seems to be married to her job. She's not really out to find love. She's been... Um, you know, tormented by love. She hasn't really found her person yet. We also meet some of her friends and colleagues who mistake overhearing a conversation with Beth and her ex that they're getting back together and they're now engaged, which makes her a very awkward, like first, uh, first scene really. <laughs> so that was funny. The next day, uh, Beth finds out that her baby sister, Joan, she comes to see her and tells her that she met a guy from Italy on a plane two weeks ago and they're engaged and they're getting married in Rome, Italy in a few days. Beth is happy for her sister, but also thinks she's making a massive mistake. Two week engagement, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Now, <laughs> that's short. As we know, uh, celebrities typically are culprits of this, getting engaged so quick. Yeah, I don't know why, but they are. (laughs) I have for you, Sarah, the all-time list of quickest celebrity engagements. Can you think of any off the top? And and you listening, play along, please. You're probably screaming something at your podcast. Kim Kardashian? Okay, fun fact. There are three Kardashians on this list. Kim Kardashian being one of them. Okay. um, Specifically (laughs) with... Who's the basketball player? Oh, Chris Humphreys. Right, right. yeah. Three months after they started dating, they were engaged. Oh, my God. <laughs> Quick three-month engagement. I just gave you a hint for the two others. Who, who else do you think is on here? Um, Kylie? Ki- uh, Kylie is not, no, actually. No, not. Is it Kylie? Yeah. Wait, what's the other one? Kendall. Sorry, I always... Not Kendall. Kendall's not on there. She's, <laughs> she's just dating. Okay, well, we have Chloe and, and Courtney. Yeah, Courtney <laughs> is on here. Um, Her and Travis Barker... Uh, got engaged less than a year after dating. Which, okay, okay which, that's not too too bad. Oh no, that is totally reasonable <laughs> compared to friggin' Chloe, who um was with Lamar Odom, basketball yeah. player. They were engaged after two weeks, guys. What? Two oh my god! So this weeks. is like the exact same thing here. Exact same thing. <laughs> and I'll have you know, they're actually not the biggest culprits on this list. There are what? two that are. That were quicker than that. Okay. Um, let me guess. Uh, well, oh my God, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. Yeah. They were uh, three weeks of dating. Oh my God. Which is wild. Which like. <laughs> and it also to, did not end To well. be honest, I don't see who she's with now as like 
somebody who is a forever person. Oh yeah, as of the recording of this podcast, <laughs> because we know you like sometimes you wait a little bit of time to yeah. l- yes, listen yes, to the pod. Definitely. Right now, she's dating a guy who's currently still married to yeah. his. Wife, wife but they were like separated yeah, i guess yeah um he, he he's in her wicked th- they they're doing a wicked on, thing they yeah. met on the set for the movie that's coming out wicked yeah and she actually left her husband for him well not for him well who knows it seems but it's that way just like he's i just don't know Sarah. because i know her her personally i don't i do not but you know it just doesn't seem like he's her type sarah <laughs> Just say what you want to say because we've been walking around the I house. I just don't think he's attractive. Yeah, Sarah's at all. like at random moments we'll be making dinner and Sarah will be like, "I just don't see it," and I'm like, "See what?" And she's like the Ariana Grande guy. I'm like, "What? Where did this come from?" I just don't. I don't know. Deep seated uh, d- disagreements oh, from yeah. Sarah on Ariana Grande. I mean, most good for her choice. if that's her true love. Good for her. I wish her all the best. But you know, I just physically don't though, see it. Sarah's not in. No, 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 and no. You don't no. want a hall pass for that guy? No, oh, that's uh, okay. I'm going to pass. Uh, who else do you think is on okay. this list? Quickest engagements. There are Britney so Spears. Uh, Britney Spears and Kevin Federline were quick. Yeah, yeah. Let me find them. Six months, I think. I'm um, going to guess. Three months. Three months. They got engaged after three months. Okay, yeah. after three months. Okay. And then the, the trip down the aisle happened later on that year. So probably okay. married after six months or something. All right. Um, J-Lo. J-Lo and Mark Anthony Ooh. were very quick. Yes, they were very quick. They were one of our quickest... Really? They, they, so we don't know how quick the engagement happened, but right. they got engaged and married within four months. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah, dog. Wow. That was fast. That's really fast. Still not the leader. The leader. Okay, uh, tell me still, the leader. Okay, the leader is Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Remember oh, back then? Wow. Back in 95? Yeah. They, well, I mean, I was, no, I don't remember, but. They yeah. were married after knowing each other. They met and were married within four days. No. Four days. Well, there's that, there's that, it's is it a crazy. documentary that's out? There's them? a few. Or but a film, a film, yeah. There's one that deals specifically <laughs> with that. the sex tape. Oh, oh, you mean the sex, is that what you're talking about or are you talking uh, about a documentary? No, there's like a movie that came out okay. what, last year or the year before. Like what I'm saying is they made a movie. Is that oh, what, I'm what sure you're they made a movie. <laughs> oh, you know the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's been all kinds of stuff about them. Uh, okay, I'll hit you with the highlights. Oh, okay, also please, on the list, uh, Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise. Oh, they I were engaged about in about seven weeks. <gasps> wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, Katy Perry and Russell Brand were about the same. Oh my god, that whole thing oh. that was really tragic. Well, they they were only married <laughs> for fourteen months. It's like, wild. Yeah. Um, another, like tragic in the way that it was just like sad. Another tragic one. Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon. Oh my God. <laughs> and his, I don't even, I'm not even going to go there. His seed. His bree- breeding. How, how he's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> God. Okay. Um, he is irreversibly changing the genetics of the planet. I can't by the remember. Way. I can't remember her last name off the top of my head, but Jesse, she used to do um, the Hills. She's now a comedian, but anyway, um, she is Canadian, but she did like a, a whole bracket of like his children oh. and like a, a whole like genealogy report of like his like the girls that he's had children with and it like broke it all down. Oh my God. It is something. It is a sight. Like he, let's be real guys. He should just cut out the middleman and become 
a sperm donor. <laughs> like, just, just be a sperm donor. No, you know what? He probably is. But it's... <laughs> <Yeah>. it's <laughs> You're right. He probably already is a sperm donor. Let's be yeah, real. Yeah, he probably is. Um, <laughs> but I guess, like, my question is, is, like, when is it, like, when is it to the point where it's now too much? Because you see those doctors who, like... Should there be a law against how much <laughs> yes, he can reproduce? With how many people? <laughs> There's got to be somewhere. I don't know. Oh, God. That's it's too funny. It's a lot. Uh, okay, I'm just going to rapid fire the rest of the list here. Yes, Justin and Haley Bieber were pretty quick. <laughs> oh, they were, yeah. Uh, Demi Lovato and Max, they oh, were They yes. were a couple months. And now, then they, did they broke, break up? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Quite sure. <clears throat> uh, now, by the way, now we're into like the, I think this is like the six month range. Priyanka okay. Chopra and Nick Jonas, oh, uh, Catherine Schwarzenegger and Chris Pratt. Mm. They were about seven months. Yep. Amal and George Clooney were about the same. Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz, Benji Madden. Remember that? Oh my God. Whoa. And they're still married. They are. Radix. That's, that's one of their kids' names. Radix. Oh. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just in case I was like, you're what's curious. happening to you? <laughs> I always find that name to be funny. His name's Benji. His kid's name is Radix. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's uh that's your quickest engagements for celebrities. That is very fast. Fun facts for you. Um and and now Joan in this movie, two weeks engaged. Two weeks. Not yes. as quick as Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson, but pretty close. Pretty close. So at work, we meet Beth's boss and we find out that Beth is in charge of a very big gala that's coming up in nine days. And her boss is not keen on her taking vacation to go to Rome, Italy for her sister's wedding. However, she reluctantly agrees to let her go because Beth said, you know, she's going to stay on top of everything for the event. It will go off without a hitch. Beth gets to Rome and her cab driver brings her around, you know, showing her some of the sights from the car and on the on the way to the wedding, which she is late for anyway. And she also can't get service while she's there. So she can't really stay on top of the event like she said she would. At the wedding, we meet the other groomsmen or another groomsman, the best man, Nick, who is late for the ceremony as well. At the reception, she has a conversation with her dad and we find out that they're they're more like kind of in love he likes to fall in love or I guess they're complete opposites. <laughs> he likes to fall in love and she doesn't really like falling in love and she can't stay in love. And then her sister comes running up and says, come on, it's vase breaking time. It's what? It's a tradition. The maid of honor shatters a vase and the number of pieces symbolizes the years of happiness she wishes for the bride and groom. Wow. That's a lot of pressure, <laughs> right? So smash it hard. Okay. Okay. It doesn't go well. She tries to break it, but this is like the unbreakable vase that um, she ends up knocking almost an old lady out. She ends up destroying a champagne tower and the best man steps in to embrace everything and just is there to save her. It's a little bit of slapstick comedy there, which we do it see in the film. It is totally like cheesy. Yeah. You'll know my cheese later on. Well, do we have a, like uh, an accurate cheese rating for this movie? Well, you know, we'll find out when you give your cheese. We'll know if Sarah's really <laughs> now I'm like sweating. Understood. I don't know. Yeah. Do I? <laughs> I hope I do. We're teasing the cheese. <laughs> so Beth has give uh, has to give her speech as the maid of honor and she's giving the speech and she realizes nobody's really laughing at her jokes and they all speak Italian. They all speak Italian. They don't really speak English. I guess. And Nick, the best man, again, saves her by speaking his terrible Italian. After the speeches, Nick and Beth, they chat and it turns out they are more similar than they thought. They have some very similar thinkings uh, when it comes to love and um, and everything like that. And how long that Joan and um, Umberto are going to be married together. Later on that night, 
Beth finds out that Nick already has somebody because she walks out to actually go and hang out with him with some champagne and sees that he's already kissing someone else. And this is this is the moment in our film. She finds that fountain. She's drinking some wine and she is just totally disgusted with love. Right. So she starts picking up coins and says, Each one of you is a desperate wish for love that is never going to come true. So I'm saving you. And as she picks them out of the water and takes them and puts them in her purse, we see like little quick flashes to other to other men around the world. Dax Shepard. Yes, we have... Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. Will Arnett. And John Heater. Yes, and then a fifth coin, which is a poker chip. Just as Beth is about to get arrested, Nick goes outside and sees her running from the fountain and is taken aback. You can tell he's got feelings for Beth from this first meeting and encounter. Beth goes back home to New York City and Nick calls her and wants to go on a date with her, and she totally blows him off. She wants none of it. Go away, Nick. Yes. So later that day, she's running through the park, and some man who is a painter starts running after her, asking her to paint to see her feet so he can paint them. <laughs> Played by Will Arnett. Which I actually thought was a pretty funny piece of the movie, where like he can paint the, her whole body because he can dream of it, and but for some reason, she he can't see her feet. And it also comes across a little like... Um, pervy but really it's just because he he didn't see like her feet in this vision so that's where his his creativity ends (laughs) i guess (laughs) yeah so he ends up crashing into a horse and carriage and tells her that her his name is antonio and he's come all the way from italy to earn her love as well as paint her feet she is totally freaked out by it she's like okay like cool you do you i'm leaving goodbye at lunch she meets another guy named gail who is a model and extremely full of himself. And he also wants to earn his her love, which he's very confused by as well, because he's like, I only love myself, but now I like you, like I love you more. <laughs> this is crazy. I don't know whether to look at my own reflection or at you. That's how beautiful you are. You know what? <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> okay, you asked for it. Whoa. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> She's back. Uh, you can't just take your shirt off in here. Well, I don't hear any. Complaints from the peanut gallery, so... Put your shirt back on, creep. She then meets another man, a third man in the park, who keeps stealing her watch. And he's kind of like the illusionist magician. Um, And again, I'm here to earn your love. Even pulls out a fake heart at one point from his chest. Very like, you know, like... Those TV musicians, uh, magicians, yeah, Chris Angel, yeah. David, that, totally. that kind of BS. The ones is what we he's used pulling. to watch. Yes. Oh yeah. man, I'm gonna levitate. And, okay. <laughs> I'm sure. gonna be out of here in three minutes, or else I'll drown. And you're like sitting on the edge of your seat. You're like, oh my god, are they gonna survive or not? Was anybody actually sitting on the edge of their I seat? I may have been. Oh really? <laughs> well, I don't know. You don't know. You're oh, a kid, and you're like, is this real? Is this not? But then as you got older, you were like, mm, this guy's totally gonna do it. They wouldn't show somebody dying <laughs> on national television. <laughs> Like, hello, this isn't Niagara Falls with a barrel over the end. Did you see David Blaine last night? He died. Isn't that cr- R.I.P. As, as if they aired that. They had time to edit it, screen it, Stop put it. it on, and he dies? I'm dying. Like, how many people saw that before it went to air? Oh, my God. 
stop the stream, stop the stream. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that was morbid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beth's sister calls her from Italy to tell her that she's on the front page of the newspaper sitting in the fountain of love. She tells them that, uh, so Beth tells her and Umberto that, um, all she was doing was sitting there drinking and she took some coins. Umberto tells her that's not a good idea. There's a legend that if you take somebody's coins from the fountain, they will fall in love with you. And of course, Beth, not believing in love, is like, yeah, no, that's not a real thing. I don't believe you. Nick shows up at her work again to try to get a date from Beth, but we also find out that the big centerpiece for her gala, her assistant kind of messed things up there and it's not going to be able to make it to the gala in time. So she's kind of freaking out all at the same time when another man comes, the fifth man, Al, who is a new patron to the company, turns out before Beth can tell her boss that she doesn't have the piece coming. This is all happening at once. Nick chimes in and says he has a piece from Petrocelli of him um, and that he can donate to this event. Side note, Nick was a professional football player who was um, on the field playing a game and was struck by lightning. And he could no <laughs> Sorry, I can't even say that. Yeah, I know, it's such a weird can, story. can no longer play professional football um, because of this. Uh, and I guess Petrocelli had taken a photo of him <laughs> while he was on the sidelines. Or like drew a photo? Or like drew a photo. I don't know if it was a painter or photographer. Yeah. So Beth is trying to, sorry, that was who just knows like, who, it was what, just, who Petricelli you know, is. Yeah. We never even meet Petricelli, but we know that he's like this big, big, some um, artist. artist and, and everybody's like, Ooh, ah, Petricelli. Oh my God. That's never been seen before. <gasps> and throughout the movie, people will remark to Nick like, Oh, the hits. <laughs> he's known yes. as the hits. Yeah. But they should have made it bigger, a bigger thing, you know, like they should have really, I don't know if they were going to commit, they should have committed well, to that. I, I also like, I, I don't know, maybe it, it gives him more levity and depth as a character, but I'm kind of like, why does he need to have been struck by lightning? Like, right. that's not pertinent to the plot. I guess like this painting comes into play, but... But they could, yeah, I don't know. They could have done it a different way, I think. <laughs> like, as it, well. it's such a silly, this whole film is silly, and that's fine. It knows it it's silly. It is a silly movie, yeah. It's, it's self-aware, like, this is kind of <laughs> silly. So yeah. it's fine, it, it's fine. So Beth is trying to leave work and she's leaving through the back door, sneaking out and Nick is there and she ends up spraying him with like mouthwash spray. Yeah, not mace. Not mace because she wasn't prepared that somebody was going to be out there waiting for her. And they end up talking and Nick finds out why she's been so cold the last few days. And it's because she she thought that he was with a girl uh, from the wedding. But it turns out that that's just a cousin of Umberto's. When Beth gets home to her apartment she's on the phone with her sister Joan and tells her that in order to break the curse she needs to bring the coins back to Italy and put them in herself in the fountain of love at the same time the illusionist Lance the magician guy is hung upside down as a mummy and scares the crap out of her in her apartment in her apartment he has entered the apartment again this crazy guy is mummified we also meet another character. I was at going this to point. say the best part of this scene. I actually have to say this is probably my best scene because of his appearance in this film. Efren Ramirez uh, plays one who is like yeah. Lance's uh, assistant. Assistant. He takes video of a lot of Lance's stunts. But that is Efren Ramirez. You know him as Pedro. Pedro in Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite, which also stars John Heater. So it's a reunion of these two. Which is phenomenally fantastic. 
She ends up kicking them both out and it's just, again, awkward and it's really funny. Nick's friend wants to do some recon on Beth and Nick agrees uh, and says like, sure, whatever. And then we kind of get like a montage of all the guys trying to show and earn Beth's love. Again, montage, Sarah loves these. (laughs) We have Antonio who's trying to draw murals of Beth all over the city. We have Gail who is in a matching running outfit who tries to jog with her one morning. We have Lance who's like suspending himself outside the tower. She works out with pigeons. Then we have Nick who's just like the sweetest. And then we have... A basket of sausage that arrives from Al. (laughs) So Nick calls and they do go on a date and they get to the restaurant and it's the one where you eat in the dark. This is actually my best. Okay. I'll let you take it away. Uh, Kristen Schaal is in this as the waitress. She's so like (laughs) deadpan, dry, sarcastic. She's great. So, So it's one of those you're eating in the darkness. So she brings them in. It's all, all of the lead in is very funny because they're like kind of complaining about the restaurant. I hope you didn't order anything expensive because she could have switched it to a cheap bottle and they'd have no way of knowing. <laughs> Still here. And I would never do that. Ever. Are you going to be there the whole meal or? No, of course not. I'm going to let the two of you get to know each other on a deeper level and I'm going to go touch other people in the restaurant. I'm still here, by the way. Oh, uh, so funny. <laughs> she oh, you're still leave. here. But the way we get real into hilarity in this scene is that, of course, so Beth and Nick, they can't see anything. <laughs> the waitresses and the staff all have night vision goggles on, as do the people who steal themselves into the restaurant, being all of the love interests, Lance, Gail, Al. Al. I'm missing well, I'm missing who uh, who Dax Shepard is. No, that's Antonio. Gail. Oh, Antonio as well. Yeah. They all kind of make their way in there. It becomes just total bedlam of them being like, I'm going to fight Nick. And like, <laughs> where are you, my love? And uh, j- just total chaos. Let and me see bedlam. your feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? I want to talk a little bit about Dax Shepard. Okay. I'm sure this is going to be in your quick facts, but Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell married. Happily for years. They've yeah. got children. They're mm-hmm. and obviously they met and fell in love on the set of this movie, When in Rome, which is hilarious. Yes. It like is. the fourth love interest is the one that Kristen <laughs> Bell was like, I like him. <laughs> I choose you. It is not uncommon though for co stars to meet on set and then fall in love. Okay. Can you think of any off the oh, top of your head? I mean the biggest one I've got the all time list I can in front think of me. Of is um Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, yes. Yes. Brad Pitt, Angelina Angelina Jolie. Jolie, Yeah, yeah. Because at the time, Brad Pitt was married to Jennifer Aniston. I'm surprised you didn't go with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Where did they meet? Oh, they met on Green Lantern. They met on Green Lantern. I forgot about that, but I knew that. most people forgot about that movie, (laughs) but but that is where they met. Yeah. Ah. And then I'm going to throw out a Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Oh, that 70s show. That 70s show. Absolutely. And, and they didn't date for a long time. Oh, I know. It was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm so happy they found each other again. Kelso and Jackie, guys. Oh, goodness. Uh, Ava Mendez and Ryan Gosling. Ava Mendez and Ryan Gosling. <gasps> That's right. Which mo- Oh, which movie again? The Place Beyond the Pines. I thought so. I knew it was Pines. Yeah. I knew it was Pines. <laughs> yes. Oh, this one I love so much. Okay. From Game of Thrones. Can you think of them? Game of Thrones. Oh, Kit Harrington and I know Rose. Nothing, I can't Snow. remember her last Rose name. Rose Leslie. Leslie, yes. yes good that's job. Right. <laughs> um, Lauren Morelli and Samira Wiley. They were from Orange is the New Black. Okay. Oh, Leighton Meester. 
Oh, yeah. And Adam Brody. <gasps> yes, the OC. They met on the set Woo! of OC. Oh, Look my God, at them. yes. I love their their love. I love their love. Just love, love. Oh, we <laughs> talked about these two not, not not long ago. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. They, of course... Oh, my God, yes. They are the ultimate love. Oh, met on the set of... There was I Know What You Did Last Summer. They also... Yeah. I mean, a couple years later, they were already dating... But we, we talked about this in the episode of She's All That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That film, She's All That, shot in the same high school as yes, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. And there is that one second scene or like five second <laughs> scene yeah, where Sarah Michelle Gellar has the cameo. Yeah. It's because theoretically like the sets, the, it's the same set place. So I guess technically they met again, but they were already dating at the time. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith were on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air together. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't know how they met. So there you go. I learned something new. We also have, okay, this this one is in the history books is like one of the least liked romantic comedies of all time, but it did bring us Benifer. Benifer. Oh. Ben Affleck, Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. They met on the set of Gigli back in 2001. Yeah. yeah. Do we like them together? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the consensus is there. I don't. You're right. I like, don't know what the consensus is. I'm kind of is. like indifferent. I mean, this is round two, you know? I did like that they got back together, <laughs> but all like the like the video that people take of yes. Ben Affleck, he seems like. Miserable. He does. So like part of me is just like, I don't know. I'm Like when, when is it going to happen that they're going to split? So like, that's kind of why I'm just like, I'm very indifferent to them being together. It's not like, yay, they found and rekindled their love. <laughs> it's just like, okay, great for you guys. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Um, and then shout out to uh, Caitlin Olson and Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is still on actually, but they are like two of the main characters in the show and they met on the show. And they became and an together. item like two years into the show. And now the oh, show's wow. continued on for quite a many seasons and they've been together the whole time. Aw, that's cute. That is cute. It's also like, I'm sure the producers, because I, I, I know Rob McElhenney is a big part of the show. Like, I'm sure he is one of the producers or creators. But I'm sure like it's one of those things that it's like you start dating one of your co-stars. Yeah. A couple years into a series, you're like, that's oof. We we're going to have to kill her off. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, what happens when we break up, guys? Like that. That can I mean, go very poorly. You can't go into it thinking you're gonna break up, right? You're right. You're right. And they still, they still haven't. That hasn't happened. So yeah, That's you're right. Good. So, so Joan calls Beth and tells her that there's another way to break the spell. All she has to do is return to the return the coins to the men themselves, and it will return the love. Stacy is there as well, her her assistant or her colleague, and says under her breath that it's for her own good and steals the coins. So now Beth can't give the coins back because she doesn't have them. Someone knocks on the door and it's all four of the men. She invites them in and she tells them that, you know, they don't love her, that they're all they're saying, you know, you love me, you love me. But she blurts out, I am actually in love with someone else. She says she loves Nick. And then Beth goes to give the coins back and realizes that Stacy stole them, so she can't return their love. They take Antonio's t- tiny little car and get to the museum in time. This was like the ultimate cheese for me. <laughs> this was too cheesy for me. I was like, there's no way that this little clown car made its way from Italy Two days later, like, what did you take a ship here? Did you fly it here? It's a great no. question, Sarah. I have lots um, of questions. Yeah, and I don't think there is an answer. I think it. No, there's definitely not an put answer. Put it in the pile of 
He packed it in his suitcase. That's how small this thing is. This is the ultimate, it's not that deep, guys. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Don't ask, the, don't ask questions you don't want answers for. How did the car get there? So yeah. You know what? It's yeah. not that deep. It's magic. It's rom-com magic. It made it there. Uh, but you're right. Great question that I totally. never even thought of. Yeah, like so much so it's so small that it goes like into the museum and up the elevator. And like there's this like awkward scene where there's like a man in the elevator with them and it's like elevator music happening as they're waiting to go up the floor. Like it was funny, but like too cheesy. They get to the event and she gets off and the photo of Nick or the painting of Nick is at the event is a massive success. It is just, she's blown everybody away. Her boss Celeste comes up to her and says like, you are such a fantastic curator. So everything's coming up, Beth. Beth calls Nick and tells him that she wants to thank him for making her believe in love again. Then he rushes to see her. Beth gives all the coins back. She finally has them back from Stacy and she gives all the coins back to the men. As she gives them back, they kind of come back to reality and realize, oh my gosh, like I don't love you, Beth, but you've helped me realize this. You've helped me realize this. And it, it was very cute. That was a sweet scene. I, I did think that that was really nice. Um, it was honestly, it was very heartfelt. The last chip goes down the museum this like goes down like this like stairwell of a museum and Beth chases it all the way down to the bottom where Nick picks it up and it turns out he wasn't under a spell and that he actually does in fact still love her. Dun dun dun. So all this time Beth had thought that the poker chip was Nick's and in this moment she realizes that it wasn't Nick's and he is in fact in love with her so they I love a good ending you know that and they get married in Italy of all places. I don't know why they'd go back to that fountain. Very strange. And actually, it's it's funny because somebody else ends up getting a hold of that poker chip. And the whole time he is acting very strangely, it's the priest. Yes. The priest, when he's marrying them, is like, does anybody have any objections? Anybody? Anybody at all? We realize earlier in the film there was some foreshadowing yep. that Nick and the priest, they were playing poker the night before. It was the priest's. It was poker the priest's poker chip. So over for for over like a year, essentially, probably, probably, um, all of these feelings were in the priest, but he couldn't. They were tempting him, and because he's a priest, he can't act on them. So he was just tormented for all that time up leading up to the, um, leading up to the wedding. And finally, when he gets the chip, he's freed, and he starts yelling, "I'm free! I'm free!" He's free of temptation, is what he says. <laughs> yes. And then Beth and Nick kiss, and and that's that's our film. Yes, and then we have the end credits dance sequence. Oh, great end credits! Yes, you know I, what though? I I liked the music that they chose, but with a soundtrack that they had, I kind of wish that they would have chosen something else. Maybe I don't know. I kind of liked the the classic piece that they chose, but. I don't know. I was I was conflicted. Listen, no matter what your movie is, it can be b good, bad, terrible. If you have a end credit cast crew dance I sequence, know, I know you can't I'm ask for anything always better. In. I know me too. It's so, I don't care if it is cheesy. It's just it's so much fun, especially a film like this. I it's fun. It's it simple. Is. Let's I, just have a good time. Yeah, I still think my favorite is Hitch. The end of the movie for Hitch. Oh, Hitch was yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah, the wa oh man. Well, it's because Ava Mendez and Will Smith are just such good dancers, is the thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what really <laughs> they are. I think Bend It Like Beckham has the best because oh, it's all I of the. I forgot about that one. All yes. of like the mothers in their saris and yeah, stuff are dancing and the along. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, the aunties. Yeah. Quick facts. 
The Trevi Fountain is reputed as the Fountain of Love in Rome. People throw coins into it to have their wishes granted in matters of the heart. In fact, it is an offense to try to steal coins from the fountain because it is the equivalence of stealing other people's wishes. Dax Shepard appears as one of Kristen Bell's would-be suitors. After this movie, Shepard and Bell married. While standing in the Fountain of Love at the beginning of the film, Beth looks down at the coins. Although she is in Rome, most of the change is in U.S. currency. (laughs) That's actually hilarious. I know. (laughs) I never noticed that. In the film, Beth is 29 and two years older than Nick, who is 27. In real life, Kristen Bell is seven and a half years younger than Josh Duhamel. 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 Than Josh Duhamel. Duhamel. A few, mon- a few months into their relationship, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell were riding around on a motorcycle and Bell's leg got burned. During the scene in which Beth was in the fountain, under her dress was actually a garbage bag to protect her wound. Why a garbage bag? That seems like overkill. Well, it's like when you break your wrist and you want to shower, you got to put a bag over it when you have a cast on. Oh. So I- she probably had some like medical gauze and stuff on. She had a burn. That makes more sense. (laughs) When you come out swinging with a garbage bag, it makes me think, yeah, yeah. Well, it's waterproof, right? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) After her return from Rome, Beth receives a phone call from her sister, Joan, informing her that she is front page news due to her climbing into the fountain of love. A cutaway shows a newspaper with the headline, Stupidimisa. Stupidimisia. 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 This is this translate not simply as stupid, but rather as the pinnacle of stupidity. Oh, that's like a okay. John Heater's character, a goth street magician, was a parody of famous illusionist Chris Angel in both looks and magic tricks performed. Oh, I thought it was David Blaine, but maybe he wasn't big <laughs> enough at the time. I don't know. <laughs> the scenes in the Guggenheimer Museum were filmed during an actual exhibit. The exhibit was called I Want to Believe. The cars in the main entrance suspended from the roof was a piece entitled Inopportune Stage 1. The tigers with arrows protruding from them is Inopportune Stage 2. And the taxidermy wolves, uh, which the coin rolls between Beth and as she runs after it, is a piece entitled Head On. The gallery's final main piece, a photo by Petrocelli entitled Anguish, was named after the movie's production designer Kirk M. Petrocelli. Bill Hader was considered for the role of Nick. Oh, I could see it a little bit. Mm, I don't know. Uh, I could see him more as the street magi- magician, yes, to too. be honest. <laughs> Lance's assistant, Juan, is played by Efren Ramirez, John Hader's co-star from Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, what a throwback to Napoleon Dynamite. Oh my God, I know. When I saw him, I was like, oh, the duo, they're back together again. And it's funny because he also played Dax Shepard's like little minion in Employee of the Month. Oh, he did. He's kind of like the other guy for both of these <laughs> <Yes>. guys. <laughs> the last movie with John Heater and Efren uh, Ramirez, Napoleon Dynamite, prominently featured the song The Promise, performed by the band When in Rome. This is the second Touchstone Pictures movie with Kristen Bell. You Again was the first one. John Heater and Danny DeVito both collaborated with James Wood in many animated films before and after this film. DeVito collaborated with Woods in Hercules from 1997 as the voices of Philocrates and Hades, respectively, and Heater collaborated with Woods in uh, Surf's Up in 2007 as the voices of Chicken Joe and Reggie Belafonte. 
the Marine Otter, respectively, and Bling in 2016 as the voices of Wilmer and Victor, respectively. The Trevi Fountain was also in the movie The Change Up with Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman. Honorable mentions. I actually really liked, and I think my honorable mention is that they weren't enemies to lovers, which I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast. So that's going to be my my honorable mention is the whole enemies to lovers things was not necessary in this movie, and I'm happy they didn't do it. I'm going to honorably mention all of the love interests, uh, the actors. Right. Because Will Arnett is fantastic. Remember 2010, around this time, Arrested Development was... I was going to say, was this Arrested Development? I think it was in Arrested Development (laughs) years. Job (laughs) Bluth, so funny. And he really brings that kind of energy. John Heater, so funny. Especially with Efren Ramirez (laughs) as his person. Uh, Oh, and the last one, Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard, so funny. He is funny. He he plays like a very similar role in all of them. He's kind of like... And this is... This is a compliment to Dax Shepard. Dax, Dax, if you're listening, it's a compliment. He plays the slimy comedic role <laughs> yeah. a lot. Like in uh, Employee of the Month, he is kind of like totally. that. Like He's unsavory, but he's funny. And he delivers it in a way that it's like, I get that I'm not supposed to like this character. And I don't. And he's 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 funny while he does it. And that's, that's all you want in that role. Yeah, I agree. And now what should have been kind of leans into that. Yes. Okay. So I want to play who else could have played the characters. I've got a few. And when I say this, it's like the suitors, not including Nick, because I think Josh Duhamel was very well cast for this. And like, I liked their chemistry with Chris. I liked his chemistry with Kristen Bell. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So we have Will Arnett played. uh, He played Antonio. Okay. I've got two for Will Arnett. All right. Who, who are your, why don't you start? Okay. So my, who else could have played the characters? I think Chris Pine could have played him. Oh, interesting. (laughs) I think he could have. Yeah. I think you're right. 2010. Yeah. I like Chris Pine. I've got a Jason Sudeikis for him. Oh my God. I think Jason Sudeikis could pull it off. You know what? I do find sometimes they have similar roles. So I, I would agree with that. hundred percent. And the other person I'm going to throw out there and it's a little too early for him. Okay. Because new girl started in 2011. Oh, but Lamorne Morris, yes, I think would have been. I love been, him. I love Lamorne I Morris. I love him. I think he's so funny. Okay, so let's do this as no time frame. Okay, no like, time frame. If they did it today, if they did it last, like in 2010, whatever. No time frame for who could play. I'm also just picturing Lamorne Morris doing like a bad Italian accent the whole movie, and then at the end being like, "Oh, I'm from New Jersey." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that would be so funny. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I think that's awesome. Okay, so Dax plays Gail. Yeah, I've got I've got somebody for him. Okay, so I have Dane Cook. Only because he was opposite in Employee of the Month and they had such like uh and like Dane Cook is not a, like doing anything these days. Right. But I do think he could have played the whole like stuck up model. He's not super good looking, which makes it even better. So like I, that's what I'm wondering. Like Dax Shepard was pretty cut up for this role. Like say what you will, he He was, yeah. He yeah. was so I was picturing I was picturing somebody who would look funny next to Danny DeVito and who was cut up. So I was like, could The Rock play? Okay. Like just somebody who's like massive. I did think of The Rock. You know? I did think of The Rock, yes. And I also have Donald Glover as in, in the thing because I think he could have played a good like model stuck up kind of thing. I like Donald Glover. I just worry he's too likable. Like oh, I worry that I would end up rooting for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you almost don't want to. 
It's just like he smiles and it's like, oh my God. Oh, what a sweet guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe he's too sweet for the role. <laughs> and then we've got Danny DeVito as Al. I don't have anything for him. Okay. If they wanted to go, I have two, which is a weird thing because they were both in a movie together. And this isn't the reason why I chose them, but I do think that they'd be good for the role. So if they wanted to go a younger sausage king, which I think would be pretty <laughs> funny for like somebody to be like an, a, a sausage king for an empire sausage empire yeah i think zach efron would be really funny oh zach efron yes i think zach efron would do do a really good job um i could also see him as gail though too played uh who dax shepherd played yes 100 percent. or we have robert de niro they were both now zach efron and robert de niro were both in bad grandpa i like de niro but i think robert de niro if they wanted to continue with like if danny devito wasn't available and they wanted to continue with the older the older man i think robert de niro would have done a good job because just you know with his like you know uh pulling on the Fockers whole situation with his like, you know, me, me, me. I think he could have done a job with right. good job with the right. whole. The me, me, me. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what we know of the Fockers. <laughs> well, yeah. You know what I mean? That like you're not in the circle. <laughs> like, Listen, Fokker. The circle of trust. Um, and then we have John Heater played by Lance, the illusionist or the uh, magician. I've got, so, so I always compare these two people, and I think they could both play the magi- magician, but I always compare Jack Black, who oh, I think could do it. I think he could have done a really good job. I think Jack yes. Black could have done it yeah. fantastically. And Adam Devine. Uh, oh, Adam Devine. Okay. Oh, he could have done a good job, too. Absolutely. Who did you think I, I have was Adam Driver, say? a little dark edgy. Oh, no? oh man, a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit more smoldering yes. there. I like it. Oh, Adam <laughs> Driver needs to do like a proper... Rom-com. I, I think, think he does. I think it would like, you know, lighten up his, his characters he's chosen yeah, so far. Yeah, because he feels too much like Professor Snape right now. Like, we've already yeah. cast him in the new Harry Potter series. <laughs> Has anybody confirmed that? Or I was just about to they're say. They're just like, Adam Driver's going to do it. Does he know he's going to be in it? <laughs> he's just too much Snape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just, they're going to play this role. <laughs> and now, overall rewatchability. So I've got chemistry. Sarah, you're right. I, I did like the chemistry, especially with my man, mi amor, Josh Dumel. Uh, 3.8 for chemistry. Thirst factor, a three. Soundtrack, a perfect five out of five. Cheese, a two out of five. I think we all knew that was coming. Here's my distinction with this film, though. Mm-hmm. I think it is very imaginative. So I'm going to give imagination a 3.7. Storyline, though, the storytelling part of it, doesn't quite hit. I'm gonna give it a 1.5 out of five. But like I said, that's the essence of this film. It's not like it's fun. It's silly. If you actually like try to focus in on like, okay, what's happening? Why did that happen? Is there any? Is that a plot hole? The answer is probably yes. It's a plot hole. You know, like, yeah, yeah, and it's totally. fine. That's that's the world that this film lives in, and it it still is enjoyable to watch. So I've got a 3.16, which is still an enjoyable to watch score. Okay, my rewatchability is Chemistry 4, Storyline 2.4, because I do agree. It was very chaotic. Thirst Factor 3.8, Imagination 3.7, Soundtrack 3.5, because again, what? great soundtrack, but I can't remember all, a lot of the songs that were in there. I know is you said it, but Jason just Morales. while I was watching it, it, it didn't 20. touch my heart, you know? Uh, Cheese 2 for an overall score of 3.2 out of 5. That soundtrack score is abhorrent sarah that's fine it was reprehensible this has been the rom-com rewind of when in rome wherever you're listening make sure you throw us a follow give us a review and follow us on instagram 
at Rom-Com Rewind. Thanks for listening.